I mean, I remember my first national championships. There was a, a stairs in, and my brother had to tell me on the day itself how I actually had to carry a bike. Welcome, everyone, to Dirty Talks, a podcast about all things cyclocross, with your two hosts, Lucinda Braun and myself, Magali Rochette. So, Lucinda and myself are two professional cyclocross racers. I'm from Canada, she comes from the Netherlands, and yes, we are competitors, but we are also friends, and we are both passionate about the sport of cyclocross. So we thought, why not start this podcast together? A new concept where we don't interview each other, we just chat about some subjects related to cyclocross or to cycling in some way that, you know, we have some things to say about. So let's kick things off with this first episode. It is the beginning of October and this season in North America is in full swings. We are three weekends in. I've been racing already for three weekends and on her side of the ocean, Lucinda is recovering from an injury and we are both getting ready for the international cyclocross season to start in about 10 days. So on this first episode, we are going to go all the way to the beginnings and talk about how we both got into cyclocross, sharing stories about how we started and how we got where we are now. And we will also talk about getting older. I mean, we're both above 30 years old right now, still trying to fight things at the front of the races with the young guns that are coming. We'll talk about that. How things change for us. How are things changing? Is getting older an advantage or is it a little harder? We'll see. And on that note, let's go straight to the first episode of Dirty Talks. Good morning, everyone, or good evening, or good afternoon, because we don't know where you're listening from. I'm actually in my pajama drinking coffee, and Lucinda, you're at home? What? <laughs> It's mid-afternoon for you, right? Yes, I'm just finished uh, a little bit of riding, so uh, right out of the shower. Awesome. Um, all right, so what are we doing here? I, let's start with this. Welcome, everybody, to the Dirty Talk. And what is the Dirty Talk? Lucinda, where does the name come from? What is that? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, we were a bit in contact and we thought it would have would be super fun to uh, have some chats about cyclocross, um, about our thoughts, some nice topics uh, there and to discuss some things about it. Um, yeah, and then we had to think about a name. Uh, That's something difficult. And um, <laughs> yeah, the funniest thing came up in my mind was uh, Dirty Talks. Of course, I know it has uh, some different meanings as well. Uh, but we thought, just throw it in and let's see what you guys think of it. Yeah, so let's. I, we think like, yeah, exactly. Just let us know. Should we call it Dirty Talk or should we? Because I mean, the cool thing about Dirty Talk is like, yes, I mean, it can't sound, you know, it's not. Let's let's make it straight. It's not a porn podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think what with dirty talk it means that it's like an honest talk. Like you know, you, we can talk about everything 
and we're being honest about it and we just you know we we just we just uh dig deep but also yeah like, we just throw it on the table right exactly um dutch style right because that's <laughs> that's the dutch culture <laughs> exactly yeah absolutely <laughs> And um, yeah, next to that, we, I think we also both um, love the dirty cyclocross races, right? Or not? Exactly. So I actually kind of love the name. You know, at first you said, I'm not sure, but I like it. Let's see what people think. But if you guys have other suggestions, let us know. So listen to the first episode. Let us know what you think. And if you have other suggestion for a name, you tell us. But if Dirty Talk is a winner, also let us know. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So I think like, For the first episode, so listen to us said it a little bit, we want to talk about, you know, some cyclocross subjects. So, you know, some of the things we might talk about is like, maybe a very honest, you know, everyone always asks me what's the difference between cyclocross in North America and Europe. Maybe we have like a fully honest conversation. I want to know what the Europeans think of us coming in. I want to know what they're thinking, like when we come with all the points from our race that are not as competitive, like, you know... We can ask questions like that. We can talk about, you know, what else? What 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 are we going to talk about on this, this this podcast? I think, yeah, all kind of subjects can come pass by. There are always uh, things we are always talking uh, together already about how we can improve our sport, how we can make it more fun. Uh, these kind of things. Uh, young riders coming up that's another question I always get <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> when, when are you too old <laughs> uh, stuff like this so yeah and maybe if you have a really really big question yeah just let it know as well because then we might uh, be able to throw it in somewhere yeah absolutely so now that we know a little bit what we're doing we want to Be honest with you, we said it, that's kind of the goal. So our goal with this is to do something fun, but we're not promising that, you know, every week at, th at this day, you're going to have a podcast. Like our thing was, we try it, and but, but the racing remains both our priority. So we said, if it, when it gives us energy, we keep doing it. And if it's, if we get to a point where it's too busy and it takes energy from us, we take a little break. So no promise for how many episodes, no promise on like the consistency. Just take it when it comes. Enjoy it when it comes. Is that is that a good deal? I think for now, this is a great deal. And for we know so when we are both in the same uh, area, then we can uh, give them uh, a bit more, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so what do you think if the first episode... Uh, we introduce ourselves a little bit because I have some I have some questions for you. Um, there's le many things I don't know and some some basic thing that I feel like I should know and I don't. So, what about yeah. we start we start Kick with off. Yes. Okay. So, I think I mean I remember when I was like younger. One of my really good friends was racing on the road. She was from Canada, and I was watching her race on the world tour, and you were racing there. So I think you started on the road. Uh, but I'm curious why, like, how did you get into cyclocross? And yeah, let's let's start with that. Like, how did cyclocross become part of what you're doing? Yeah, it's true that I started on the road um, as a very young girl, actually, uh, but a young girl that didn't like to train or anything like that. Okay. And um, the older you get, the more it's maybe handy to do something in the winter as well. And my brother was doing a bit of cyclocross, just local, you know, like small so my dad kind of no nah, not really pushed but 
he made sure that I started to do that this as well, because then at least I did something and uh, it didn't cost too much time and energy so close by the do- by home. Well, actually, I really liked it and I had a lot of fun. And um, yeah, so my dad. What age were you then? I think it all started maybe around being. 12 years old 13 okay. something like this maybe a little older but so not super young but also not uh super old or anything but a really low low level just uh n- no t- no specific training or anything like that just hop on the bike no i mean i remember my first national championships there was a, a stairs in and my brother had to tell me on the day itself how i actually had to carry a bike (laughs) (laughs) so so that's that was kind of the level yeah yeah but yeah i got more and more enthusiastic and my dad too so we started to get more national and then we went to lunaut the belgium cyclocross race that was your first one that was my first one it was so funny because i had no clue and i i walks just to the course to the um to the how do you call them in english the the so the bumps like this the bumps yes yeah the uh, little bumps. i mean it, it kind of looks like a pump track but like pretty yeah. aggressive pump track in yes. dutch we call it a wasportje okay. a wasportje, wasportje. And, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so maybe there's another goal learning some dutch no yeah oh my um, god yes but um i thought oh yeah th- okay th- i can do this and then I came with my bike and I nearly uh, ro- flipped over. So I couldn't. Yeah, they're re- <laughs> so people, they're actually really steep and you come in fast <laughs> and they're like pretty, <laughs> pretty steep. If you come too fast, yeah, you have the wrong timing if you do it for the first time. And there's then it's too easy to yeah roll over your front wheel, basically. So it almost happened. Uh, well, that was kind of a kickoff, but then... Uh, once I had a chance to um, have the first little step to professional road racing, um, then actually it got pushed away a little bit, my cyclocross, yeah. because, yeah, you know, like everybody's always telling you cannot do two things and it's too much and you need to focus only on one thing. But it always stayed in my mind. And from the moment that I felt that I was missing something on the road because it was always the same races coming back and things like that. Then I thought I need to go back to, to what I like and mm-hmm. where I can learn a lot because there was a lot to learn and there's still a lot to learn. So yeah, that's how I ended up in cyclocross. So when, when was that comeback? So when you said like after some, um, after some years on the road, when did you, what, how old were you? Um, I think I have, I must have been like 26, 27, something like this, because, um, maybe, yeah, around that age, because it was actually the last year of Rabobank, I knew that they were going to stop and I, I said, okay, maybe this is a good moment to search for a team that also know about my my goals and what I want to do next to the road and um, then uh, it's a a good new start yeah yeah oh cool so I actually remember I don't know what year it was but I remember 
maybe like 2017 or 2018 like i remember seeing you come to some races with like just a van and another yeah. woman i i just remember like you and another, that's what that was when you were on sunweb i think yes um And yeah, it was just like very small production, just you in a van and like you were doing your thing. So that is, was that like kind of the, the return of, of you yeah. in cyclocross? Yeah. Okay. Yes, this was the return. So um, yeah, I had a van uh, and uh, yeah, that was it. Luckily, there was a he good heater in the van. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a good year. Yeah, you had, you had like, were you great right away? Like when you came back? Mm. No, not not really, because uh, basically I almost crashed in every tree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no fear, but my technique was terrible. Okay. So, yeah, but um, yeah, my brother, he uh, was so kind to come every time with me as my mechanic. And um, he brought his girlfriend. So together yeah. with his girlfriend, we were, when it was cold, we stayed in the car, you know, waiting till the moment had to go on the rollers and stuff like this. And yeah, so actually it was super nice, super small team. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was uh, uh, on a certain point also sometimes kind of a challenge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. But no, yeah, it was, it was nice. But um, yeah, it's good to have a camper now. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, that's that's it. That, I love to hear it. You know what's funny? So you said like Luanout was your first kind of big national race. That's the race that I hate the most. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or also all the public. Um, yeah, it's one big party for the that area. The people is just their drinking party. Yes. <laughs> oh my! It's crazy. Like it. So for people who don't know, it's usually like the 28th of December or something like that. But it's like in the Christmas week. But after Christmas and people. There's so many. First, there's so many people. Yeah. They are they are so drunk. So like it's it's very difficult to like maneuver around them. But also, you know the worst. There's like one toilet for oh, every really? for like everyone that's there. And if you so the initially I was also coming with only a van, you know, so no toilet. And I remember, like, I really had to go. And I couldn't, <laughs> like, I couldn't first, I couldn't find it. <laughs> and finally, I found it, like, not long before the race. And then I do what I have to do. And, of course, there's no toilet paper. And I was like, fuck. Like, I'm stuck in here. There's, like, thousand <laughs> drunk people around me. There's only one toilet. <laughs> it was, like, such a horrible thing. And then I did so poorly on that course. But, yeah, not my favorite. No no. Nowadays, like, if I have one to miss... In the cross, in the cyclocross, yes, in the Christmas week, that's the one I miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On one hand, it's amazing how many people you can race for, but um, yeah. yeah, also it's one of them where they get sometimes a bit too crazy. I totally agree. <laughs> but it is cool to see, though, like how, as you said, like how many people can come to a cross race. Like from for a foreigner like me like seeing this is is an experience it's like oh my god like it the sport is big somewhere in the world and it's it's cool to see yeah well that was also actually one of my questions because um in some areas in north america it's popular but it's very local popular so I think for a Canadian uh, person it's even more special to end up in cyclocross so I mean if I think hey, maybe it's cool, I I go to the nearest city and I find a cycling club. Yeah. But in I guess in Canada, it's not like this. So how 
did you figure it out? Yeah, <laughs> good question. Um, <laughs> I mean, it took a long time before I even knew what cy that cyclocross existed, to be honest. But I was um, racing mountain bikes as a really young young person, like at eight years old with my dad. I would go to mountain bike races. And mountain bike is bigger in Canada. Um, it wasn't... When I was young, it wasn't popular. Like, I was probably like the only one in school that would ride bikes but you know my dad was doing it so I thought it was cool and then I did triathlon at like the junior national level for all like my teen years so until I was maybe 17 18 and then I got injured from triathlon I couldn't run so I started doing more cycling and that year um I kind of like triathlon for me was kind of kind of serious you know so that after all these injuries I was like I take a year where a summer where I'm just like doing whatever I want and not really competing so I did like some adventure races you know like some 12 hour adventure races like in a canoe wow. and like things like that um, I did more road racing too so I did my first national road racing and I really liked it um, and then a friend of mine actually she called me And she said, hey, there is an event. It's like, it's, it's called cyclocross <laughs> and you should come do it. I think you're really gonna like it. And I was like, oh, okay. So I looked it up online and I was like, yeah, it looks cool. And so I bought a bike. I was, I was working at a running shoe store back then. So I had a little bit of money and the bike was, I mean, it was cheap, like $600 bike, you know? So I bought that and David, so I was already, uh, dating David and he had a cyclocross bike already like that's kind of what he was riding so we went to the race and I just loved it and it was like a local event you know was like, it the muddy one or was it fast or it was fast it was dry um but I just what I loved was there's two things I love the intensity of it I had I love that you always had to be on you know like there was always something coming it wasn't like too long there was like some tactics it was just really stimulating for me you know no no moments where you're like riding alone and it's boring it was just like full-on uh cool and then I love that afterwards like we stayed and it was like a, around a farm so there was food there was beer just music really cool and I got third place and they gave me a oh. beer on a podium yeah was that was like, it or not oh yeah well yeah and it's funny because I'm not like the biggest beer drinker but I thought like this is so cool. And I got to keep the glass, you know, and I was <laughs> like, this is cool. <laughs> and so from then, uh, I, so these, that friend that invited me, her name is Evelyn and she, her and her boyfriend back then were like really getting into cyclocross. So they, they showed me the behind the barriers video, which is Jeremy Powers. Do you know him? Yeah. Yeah. So he was making back then these videos of like cyclocross, like his races and stuff. And I started watching that on YouTube and I was like, oh, my God, like okay. this is so cool. And so I knew that, you know, in this videos, it really showed like the cyclocross culture from from the U.S. And it's bigger over there. Like there's like a pocket in New England, like in the northeast, that's really big of, on cyclocross. So. I started like wanting to go and so we started traveling and it's not too far from me so we would drive on the weekend go do the races and yeah but I just... what's not too far because for oh, like yeah. <laughs> a Dutch or Belgian person not too far is like one one half hour yeah even in Europe I guess it's okay. it's a bit like this yeah so yeah you're right it was maybe like six to eight hour drive yeah so um, quite long <laughs> it was quite long yeah but for us you know 
like that was fun that's how we spent the weekend so we would leave on the friday with our friends and you know drive in david's car and go over there and do the races um so i i wasn't very good at first but i just really loved the culture and the people and how friendly it was you know mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got into it and I got a little better every year. I mean, every race, I guess I was getting a little better and then, yeah, that's kind of where I cut this cyclocross fever, I think already. And then I started, yeah, started going more, but you know, you asked about like being Canadian. Uh, there are other Canadians that were good before me and I started knowing about them when I got into cyclocross, but Lynn Bissette, like she's from Quebec and she was really good cyclocross racer and, Um, there's like a few people that in Canada had been good. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's not like it was cool. And Lynn like became someone that I could talk to. Like she was, she's super friendly and she kind of helped me to like grow in this. Sport. Okay. So she could also learn you how to yeah. develop and stuff because yeah, like er, there are a few good riders, but of course, uh, if you look to how big the country is, then Uh, and it's not a national sport, so it's a different way how you get in touch with each other, of course. Yeah, totally. But she's like in the same province as I am, and we're the French-speaking like little part of Canada, so it's very kind of niche. And so she has always been super friendly to us, and I it ended up being on the same team as her. So the first like little team that I was in, she was also there. So she was like for her, it was kind of almost retiring. She was just kind of coming to some races for fun but she would take me out to pre-ride with her and show me how it works so it was that's cool, cool. Too. yeah that's very helpful of course because i can imagine if it's even when it when you wouldn't have someone like this it would have been super hard to continue maybe because on yeah. a certain point you don't know where to go anymore yeah so it's always super important to have people like this around you Yeah, and I, I was lucky to have all that because not long after I signed for like another team for the Cliff Pro team and then Katarina Nash was on the team. So she was really helping me out a lot yeah. too for years actually. So yeah, <laughs> it was it was fun. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, I mean that's perfect. Why uh, Katarina also knew, of course, how it worked in Europe. So yeah. So do you want to hear the story of the first? The first time I went to Europe. <laughs> yes, please, because I can imagine that it must be a huge shock. I mean, I know my first experience in in America, but uh, yeah. Let's so. hear about that, though. What, no. like, what is, how is that, like, was that a challenge? Was that, how, how was your first and when was it? Uh, well, actually, it's not that long time ago because um, I started coming to the U.S. when um, when I started to ride for Trek. Um, so then once uh, the COVID years were behind us, I finally got the chance to travel to America. But the main, the, this, it starts already with what equipments do we bring? Yeah. And what not, because, of course, um, yeah, most of people <laughs> will know, like, if you have a camper, you put everything in and you just see what the weather condition will be at the location where you come and you pick and choose. 
So, but of course, when you want to fly with all this equipment, <laughs> you need a lot of money. Um, and, and it's hard to carry as well. So yeah. uh, I had to figure out with the boys, they said, no, you can put uh, five wheels in one bike bag already. And, you know, like, so it's a big puzzle. Uh, yeah. That was first of all. And um, luckily, a few of the boys are racing the same uh, tire brand. So you can share which is very helpful. But uh, yeah, no, it was, that was already a challenge. Of course, I traveled with my bike uh, before, but the road bike is just easier in that way. Yeah. And, um, and I came on, on the, on the factory of the, of the, of track bikes, of course. So uh, yeah, that was actually uh, super impressive, uh, really nice atmosphere, uh, really different from what we are used to uh, Europe. Like um, people who are coming, they are all, um, actually more enthusiastic about the sport because it's just they only come for the sport and of course they also will drink and but in in belgium people sometimes just come to drink because yes. it's their <laughs> local event you know yeah. so that's the main main difference and and for me seeing also all the side activities and stuff was really nice uh, yeah and and the way people interact with each other and stuff yeah hmm. it was really nice to see oh that's cool but then we had to fly yeah super long for me i mean <laughs> to the next one and oh, yeah that's true yeah because we had during the week we had already the next race it was yeah. like a flight of of two hours or something and after that race we flew back straight away because we had another race in the weekend so it was very tough and i yeah. came home super tired super super tired so yeah um i think it's so different also because of all the traveling yeah it is different i mean it is like it's funny because we just finished here like the first three races of our quote-unquote local calendar you know like the yeah. uscx series and for I mean, for me, like the the travels for those those first three events was, I mean, if I had driven, it's like twelve hour drive to the first one and back, and then six hour drive and back to the second one, and ten hours drive and back for the third one. So it's like be basically going to like Benidorm, and then maybe Besançon, and then yeah, I don't know, like, like Tabor, you know. So like that's yes. the first, that's like the local one. <laughs> and so it's like such a different thing, but. Yeah, I, the first time I went to Belgium, um, so it was my second season of like full cyclocross race, like, like racing more cyclocross. So my first year on a pro team. And so 2014 it was. So I was 21 and I had done like my first podium in the US races. And so I was like so happy you know and back then to be honest like the level was pretty good because the there's a lot of there's there some few euros that were coming to race so helen wyman was coming to race back then gabby duran uh, gabby day was coming uh, caroline manny like there were a few euro races and katie compton was racing katarina georgia like a few good yeah. riders so the level was high and it was fun and so i had my first like few podium and i was fairly young you know at 21 so i was like I'm ready to go to Europe. <laughs> you know? and so, and I can so, do this. Oh my God. Yeah. And I thought like in my mind, I was going to go there and like maybe 
like be in the top 10 or like, you know, I was like going for a result. And so <laughs> David and I booked and my, my team manager was like, I don't think you should go. He was like, I don't, I really don't think you're ready. Like I, you know, and I was like, I no, I'm really, I'm ready. Like I'm going. <laughs> and so, and so he's like, well, if you want to go, you go on your own. Like we're not, we're not getting involved in this craziness. So I booked a ticket, like David and I were like, we're going. And so we went to, I mean, I had so no, do, do you want to guess what my first World Cup was? Ooh, that's good. Was it in Belgium? Yeah, it was in Belgium. I don't hope it was Cockside or something. Yes, like this. No, <laughs> it really? was. Yeah. <laughs> so uh. I thought I don't know why I thought this would be a good idea, but I was like, I'm going for Cockside. <laughs> did you did you ever have had been ridden sand before you came there? I mean, maybe I crossed the volleyball field once, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Clear, yeah. yeah. Something totally different. Oh my God, yeah. So we got there and I was so, so dumb, like in a sense. But at the same time, like I I remember I ate a waffle like not long before the race because I was so excited to be in Belgium. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to get this. And so I got, oh my God, I was, I got trashed at the race. I think like, I finished, I don't know, maybe like 30th, but back then there weren't, like maybe we were 35 on the start line or something. Like It was such a disaster. Um, but for people, like, so Coxida, like it's it's a combination of the scent with also altitude meters um, because like it's in the dunes. So they're, they're not flat. Even yeah. like, even if you're already able to ride a, a part of it it's it's super hard or like even the asphalt parts are are not that easy yeah and then like if you're not able to ride them you need to run it which is quite hard like maybe you have tried once to run at the beach it's like that with a bike but you need to keep going so yeah it's really one of the harder races laps where the moment to recover is like almost not there yeah, exactly. And just, I mean, to be honest, just completing a lap is a challenge. Like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're just like making a lap, you're full gas. And it's like, just, I, anyway, it was a disaster. But at the same time, I really loved it. Like, and I remember, I think, I think Sana won or Katie Compton, like it was a battle between the two. And like, I got to speak with Katie and I was like, oh, like, you know, I thought it was just like a really cool thing. And then mm-hmm. after that, we went to the UK and it was like the World Cup in Milton Keynes in the mud. And I did a little better there. And yeah, I mean, weirdly, I, I loved it. But also it made me realize how much of a gap there was, you know, and how much I had to become better. So after that, it actually took two years before I went back to Europe. Okay, wow. Yeah. Yes. And the, and I'm next, glad you came back. <laughs> oh my god, me too. Now I now I love it, you know, but I I still haven't conquered Coxida, so it's still like haunting me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I, t- I have to be honest because I ha- I'm not the best one riding sand either. So I really love it there, but it's like uh, almost hate love relationship. Yeah. It's really tough. And you know, when I came back after, like I had the, the, the next time I came was for the Bieles World Championship. Aha. Uh-huh. And you may yes. not know, but this I This was my very first World Championships in Cyclocross. Yeah. 
And you know what? Like, you won't know because I was behind you, but I was chasing you the whole race. You got fourth. <laughs> yes. I think you got fourth. I got fifth. And so, like, well, the whole time, I was, like, following you. About like, getting too enthusiastic, this was one of my races. I got too enthusiastic. We had this crazy... Uh, wall almost you had to go yes. down which was super icy yeah and um, I was leading or yeah I was like somewhere in the beginning of the race of course and yeah. uh, I was so enthusiastic and I was like oh I just do this bam you know because I thought I could do it so yeah I'm bang full on the ground <laughs> Shit. and so <laughs> because, many people hit the fence at the bottom of that yes. one I remember yeah so yeah then I crashed and yeah then I was keep on battling for podium and in the end well it was just next to the podium but I mean for the first time <laughs> yeah yeah and Katarina got Like, it was a battle between you and Katerina. Yes. She got you. I remember because, like, she was my roommate. And so we talked about all ah, of it. Yes. Like, so you were, like, part Super of all of funny. our conversations. <laughs> oh, what, how good. Yeah. But for me, yeah, it was also because Katerina was, like, a great rider, you know. So it yeah. was it was really big for me to have that result already. Is that what, like, made you decide, like, I want to put more effort into cyclocross and just, like, really try to be as best as you can there? Um, yeah, so I'd made that decision already before. So okay. this was my first real season. But yes, of course, um, this showed only showed like, yeah, if I keep doing this and if I get keep on improving my technique and don't cut all the trees on the course, yeah, uh, then um, I have enough power to maybe even fight for that jersey on the world championship. You know, I, I did got that fla flame in me there mm -hmm. yeah it was like small but it became bigger yes yeah. that's so yeah. cool yes so that's yeah it's so yeah. yeah it's it's really nice you know like we we spoke the last years more and more with each other but these are things yeah i never realized that we had our first world championship on the same year yeah yeah i know and it's like i It's funny, like you said you were leading at first. I was in last position at first, but I kind of like made my way up and I could see you and I was like, I'm going to get her. And it never happened. But it no, was but, like I do, but I do remember that I, I knew that there was someone close behind me that I do remember like that I was so focused. Oh, I cannot make any mistakes here in the final because then I also lose this position. So yeah. I do remember this. Yeah, It was such a fun race though for me too. Like I think it was the flame that, I mean, I already loved cyclocross, but that was my first, I guess, positive experience of racing in Europe and I was like okay I I want more of this like this is where this is where it's happening and I want to like get better at this so yeah uh, well that's good um, yeah. I'm glad because um, I mean it's mainly uh, like if we look to the bigger races they're they're mainly uh, European riders mm -hmm. luckily not only from Belgium and the Netherlands although they are the biggest countries but um Yeah, it's a bit up and down with North American riders. So it's yeah. it's super important to have bigger riders uh, who keep coming to to uh, all the big races of the sport. Yeah, and maybe one day we can we can talk it like maybe in our next episode. Like I would be interested in hearing like what you guys think of us coming in and like, because yeah. the first I mean in the first years like that I went it was not easy 
like even integrating the peloton you know and getting to know people but we should keep that for another it's a good episode yeah i think it could be like a full full episode yes yes yeah but now we are a few years uh further maggie yeah. <laughs> now we're getting a bit older you we are getting a bit older how how old are you um i'm 34 i guess yeah okay, okay. yeah so i turned 30 and i tell you what it's hit me like a ton of brick like <laughs> in which way in a positive way uh nah, yes and no like i think i do feel more like i would get injury i feel like i, I have to take care of myself more and maybe like be more aware of managing the fatigue than before you know but on the yeah, positive yeah, yeah. side i feel like maybe i'm a bit smarter about things and maybe less like a little puppy when i'm racing so making ma less crazy mistakes maybe yeah, i don't yeah, know yeah. What, do, what do you think like how well has, i yeah. i i i do notice that the uh, the body recovers a bit different than than in the past so yeah uh yeah it's it's definitely something like do i feel something here of course, it's a combination of getting your uh, getting to know your body better, and also, um, yeah, really having a less good recovery or it takes a bit longer. So, yeah. yes, it's uh, that, that's not always easy, and um, yeah, it keeps, it it gives a bit more work after. <laughs> yeah, but then, do you think so? Okay, I mean, let's talk about it that way. Like with the, I mean, last year with the trio of Femme, Puck and Shirin, like, you know, the sub-20-year-old girls. girls, like, they kind, they smashed us. They were so quick. Like, but how... And on the other side, like, you know, many people that I talked to have had their best years around, like, 30, 32. And, and so... Yeah, there's... Megli, there's a lot of hope. I mean, I became world champion after 30, so... <laughs> Oh, perfect <laughs> yes don't worry don't worry yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean Ma mariana Voss too you know there's lots yes. of people that did really well i think she's she's a great example of being good when you're young but still finding ways to improve and to change and to keep up with the uh, current level um yeah i think she she is one of those writers who shows that that you still can keep improving yourself what do you think was the different like last year what do you think made them so good like the three girls like were well, they like more speed or more like what did they better technically what did they have that was so yeah, good in my opinion i think first of all they have a crazy amount of talent yeah and um one maybe a bit more than the other but uh most of them uh have been ridden the bike already for a long long time from young young age so i think that also helps for how handy you are with a bike which is a yeah. quite important part of of uh, cyclocross of course because the more handy you are uh, the more energy you can save in certain parts of the course and um, yeah i think with the speed you have another point like one thing which 
we cannot get around is that when you get older, your your punch get a bit less. <laughs> so we yeah. can do it very long, but maybe the real punch is a bit less. And uh, uh, for me, anyway, that's a weak point because I'm just not super fast rider and I need to keep training on that a lot. But those young riders, they, they, they are so quick, so bam. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you have a bit of talent for it as well, the, you see, for example, the difference between femme is super explosive. And then, yeah. for example, Shireen, she's less explosive. She's more from the long and tough power yeah, you yeah. know so there's still a difference of course yeah yeah it's interesting i mean and i well sometimes i think too like maybe they have you know some so i don't know i don't want to like generalize but like for me for example last year i think i was generally tired you know and i i didn't notice while i was in it but then i got an injury this summer and i had to take some lots of time off the bike and then when i came back so like now I feel so much more energized and hungry for racing. And yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that I didn't have it last year, you know, because it became my new normal. And now I'm like just so much more energy and so much more will. So like when it's time to dig deep, I feel like I, it comes more easily than it did, for example, last year. And I think maybe like being young and like their f like first year elite, like you have so much of that, you know? Yeah. And then I think as getting an older athlete we have to for me i i know like i think i i have to manage that better and make sure that i keep it really high that hunger and that so you think energy, that you know? um that that you uh, was a bit too getting too eagle level for for um yeah just keep on going uh, with uh, riding your bike training and getting into a race and then like it was a bit more the same line all the time yeah i think i i, I had lost for a little bit of time uh, like that really wanting to like i was kind of going through the motion maybe you know yeah yeah i think that's maybe what it was and and part of it is maybe because i don't know if you had the same but like you do like you always did, you know? So yeah, like, okay, it's that, the danger, yes. It, it is, and I think it's like what got you here maybe won't get you there, and I've noticed now maybe I have to change how I do things. So now I feel like, it, I mean, I say now like it's, you know, been forever, <laughs> but like last few months, <laughs> last few months, I feel like sometimes I take recovery day, you know, and I, I used to never take it because I was like, I don't know, like I would always go riding, even if I didn't feel like it, And, but I think mentally, sometimes like I take a day where, you know, it's not important to physically to go and I actually do something completely different and it, it it's so refreshing for me. And I think that like is something that I add, need to add to how I train now that it, it helps me to like be better so, than I wouldn't do before, you know? Yeah. So basically getting older also brings you something to learn, to listen better to your li uh, body. Yes. And uh when you was younger you just kept going and maybe because your body is a bit more fit you can do it because you're younger but now you learned a lot about how you actually work yeah i think so. do you do do you have that too and maybe yeah, it's well, like sometimes confidence too or that i don't know yes yes um i think 
I'm always ha have been a lazy trainer. So <laughs> the the moments I got the chance to not be on the bike, uh, I took. But yeah. I, um, for me, in another way, like I I more and more realize like how important can be to really uh, have. A, perfect interval training uh, the right balance in this with uh, an endurance training but yes also um, to have the right balance besides cycling what you're yeah. doing uh, if you know like um, yeah there's still a lot next to cycling which is really good for your mind but it needs to be in the right balance because you still need to recover yeah. and that's the main thing and like the main work is still riding your bike you know like so yes maybe a little bit in a different way but yes I also learned a lot about my body and I think what you say about being hungry for a race is super super important yeah. and that's also one of the reasons why I came more into cyclocross yeah but if if you say it like that I was also a question popping up because uh, we see all the young girls all the three we we, we named now yeah. we see them doing double program do you think it will be a danger for them then in the future to keep the 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 fire in them for a race I, you know I've thought about the same and and I'm sure we could ask them like like they're all super friendly and they they would probably tell us yes but, um I think I I don't know to be honest and I've wondered the same thing you know I've I've thought about it and I think for maybe I'm putting too much like focus on that right now because I've kind of went to a place where I had too much you know I kind of burned myself down a little bit last year so Now I'm super aware of like not doing too much. And I, I, I look at everyone. I'm like, oh, they must be doing too much. Like it's going to catch up to them, but, but maybe not, you know, <laughs> so it's hard to know. Yeah. But I think I think that's what it, that's what's interesting about this generation is that they're probably like the first one that are so successful at such a young age. So we will see, you know, how long, you know, if, if it catches up to them or if they just keep improving and we're in trouble, you know, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we keep the level up as well, right? Well, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. But I, I have a question, like, what do you think, though? Um, yeah, well, I think it's really good to have the combination because it's, it is different uh, type of racing. Yeah. So you do need to switch your mind. This is what I really like from my own experience. But um, it's very important to have uh, good people around you to guide you uh, which things you choose to do and which things you choose to don't do. Because yeah. it's always hard and everything is nice and cool and you want to do it once. And that's always the most difficult thing. And e and especially when you're young, I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think this balance is, is a really important thing that they have good people around them who help them in, in how to combine all the, the disciplines. Yeah, because I think like there's definitely like the physical side, but also sometimes the mental side that we, we don't think it's like... Because doing all these races, like even if you want to be there, it has like a, it adds stress, you know, and it adds like a level of tiredness because you have to like go to the race and like hype yourself up to the race and like deal with the nerves of the race. And at like the more it goes, like it does take its toll at some point. So like that, that's interesting to see. It will be interesting to see like how, how it goes. But 
yeah let's i think like the hunger for the race comes also like for me that comes from mental uh state like yeah i think as long as your head can do it your body will follow for a long long time yeah but as soon as as your mind say hey it, this is too much then your body t- will will uh give the signals as well yeah i totally agree like for me it definitely starts there more yeah than, yeah uh, i okay before we i mean we did say we wanted to be around 45 minutes but i have yes. one i have one question before we we leave because you talked about being a lazy trainer and like it's it's interesting i mean i actually like i love that you said that because you have so much you've had so much success and yet like you say that and do you think that acknowledging that and like knowing what you like to do and what you well first like what do you mean by that but also do you think that acknowledging that maybe you're a lazy trainer allowed you to be so good you know because like the Mm. way I where I'm coming from is like you know you see like on Instagram or like you read articles and like it's always people doing more hours every year and more and more and more and like I think a lot of people will forget who they are to follow this But if you're able to like listen to yourself, maybe like what you've been doing, maybe you can be more successful. Like, so yeah. what do you think? Well, yeah, that's a good point. I think social media and this is, of course, uh, a really yeah influenced thing, and um, also this is a part of why a rider can be on a younger age already uh, much better than, yeah. For example, I have been because they can find a lot of more knowledge about food about training about all those things which make you a better athlete um but it's i've i have been thinking about this uh, already many years ago because i noticed like a little transition there myself so when i was younger i really like yeah training was nothing for me and i started laughing to my dad if he was uh, saying can we go for a loop of three hours I'm like that you don't for what are you doing three hours you know like (laughs) but he did it for me you know like to get me on training which is super cool of course yeah and um, of course I noticed when I trained more that I also started to improve on the races and um, but still like when I felt like I'm tired I always went on the low side you know Mm-hmm. and uh, we trained on heartbeat because the power meter was just coming and it yep. was like super expensive so that was a no-go for that moment but since I trained with a power meter I do notice that sometimes I also I forget my own feeling because you look at the power meter way more often yeah. um, within your head what the what type of training and what kind of powers you had to ride um, so I did notice that I started to lose that connection with my own feelings sometimes a little bit um, but on the other side I also think maybe sometimes I left something by not pushing myself that extra little step and of course every single person is different and react different on things um, but maybe but we will never know but maybe if I could push myself more in a training like hurting myself more in a training maybe that could have helped me being a better rider already earlier um, yeah but yeah you never know and 
everybody has his own personality there as well. Um, so sometimes you also need to accept who you are and how you do things. I think so. And to be honest, like I think that's something that's underrated, you know, like yeah. learning who you are and listening to that. Because, you know, you said like maybe you could have been better if you pushed harder in training. But also if you pushed harder in training, maybe when it's time to really dig in the race, you wouldn't have it you know yeah that could so be. like you know it's like we don't know and that's the interesting part of sports but i think i think it's underrated maybe to like kind of listen to our feelings yeah sometimes. it's it's a thin line and yeah um, of course yeah that's also a process which with getting older and more years of training in your body that yeah it's good i think for coaches to keep talking about this as well so to figure out for yourself uh yeah uh, how how this works for you as a person yeah like knowing when it's time because yeah i think you said it right like as we grow older it's getting maybe a little bit easier to know when it's time to really push and like ride the limit and sometimes knowing where okay actually this is my limit i don't need to go over like i can rest a little bit yeah exactly (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's it's cool to cool to talk about that. It gives me hope that at 30 I'm not done. Yet. No, you're not <laughs> done. I'm 100% sure because like yes, there's uh, a lot of power from all the years uh came together and no there you're not done yet. <laughs> I'm okay. sure. Okay, and la- last question, have you um maybe you don't want to say it uh, because we keep that for when we all show up at the world cup but have you worked on the bunny hopping because I, for me like that was a thing watching Puck last year was like okay well i guess like if she's doing it then next year there's like 10 people doing it and if you're not doing it then you're like off the back <laughs> <laughs> yeah there are definitely few races where it it can be a big advantage uh yeah. when you when you are able to jump them um fm also jumps them and yeah. i know more riders can anik yes uh, i am training them more than i did before i have to say i did train them sometimes before as well but not yeah. enough but unfortunately oh, <laughs> i cannot try yeah. to gym sorry. now <laughs> sorry <laughs> so, i forgot yeah. don't worry but uh no yeah so i have to uh restart and i probably f- uh, start from zero again <laughs> but yeah. uh, and you yeah i did because and same like i had been doing it in the past and actually like a few years ago i could do it but it was never fast enough faster for me to do it in the races because i don't think i was smooth enough you know yeah so and it took me and maybe added more stress so i would just run them always um but i started practicing more this summer because i and i it's not great yet like i still have to work on it and i have to work on doing it in the races because that's where you know it's it's a different challenge to do it in training and definitely then do it in, in races because so. i don't know how you train them but i train them in a way that they flip when Me i touch too. them so <laughs> yes. and um yeah people who are listening um if if you do the races if you touch them you you flip you flip instead of of the barrier yes yeah i know it's like it's such a balance though like knowing when to practice and like if it's worth it because you don't want to like broke break something by anyway so it's but it's it's i think it's a fun thing like they're pushing us to get better exactly 
ultimately, like, that's what's the fun part about it. It's getting better. Yes. And uh, I also believe it helped you in other technique during the race. So, yeah, no. And these are the nice things we still can improve. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that, that uh, we can work on still getting better when we are older. Yeah, totally. Cool. I think so. I think that's good for first episode because we could keep talking, but also like we keep it for next time. We keep it for next time. So I think um, like the more we talk, the more questions I have and the more subject I want to dig in because like we talked about the youngster and I think like we both like we both grew up with a different kind of situation that they have, which is something we can talk at some point. Like we didn't have junior category. We didn't have under 23. We did like, it's like straight in the pros. Like l- listen, that's 14. Like go do low and out. <laughs> go. <laughs> good luck. And good luck. So yeah, that that's like a subject. There's lots to talk about. So we keep it. We keep some for next time. Yes, definitely. Perfect. Um, well, in the meantime, I say, Uh, good recovery to you. I hope you get back to um, to feeling better soon. Thank you. And for you, I think it's the last preparations to the first first World Cup. So good luck with that. And I'm Thanks. looking forward to watch the race. Thanks. And you know, maybe after the race we can chat because that will be the first time this season that I actually see Shirin, Femme and Puk and everyone else too. So exactly. <laughs> so let's see how everyone's, uh, how, how fast everyone is this year and how much work we have to do. But looking forward to it. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And people don't forget to tell us what you think of uh, our dirty talk. Yeah. Tell us what you think. If you have, uh, you know, if you have subject too that you want us to, you know, chat about, let us know and uh, we'll, we'll dig into it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Lucinda. And uh, catch you all next time. Bye-bye. Just one last thing before we let you go. Actually, two things. Number one, make sure, please, tune in to episode two. This was our first episode. And right away, I understood why Lucinda is a world champion. As soon as we finished the episode, she listened to it and sent me a list of feedback and ideas for the next one. So that was our first one, but we really do think that episode two will be better. We're bringing new surprises, maybe the dirty question of the week and other fun things like that. So please give us a second chance and listen to episode two. And lastly, a quick shout out to two people. Quick shout out to Levin for making the illustration of the podcast show and Thank you to my friend Drew Coleman for providing the photo for these images. Thank you, guys. See you next time.